the CU 2.0 podcast. What can credit unions do to stop elder fraud? What can they do to protect their senior members from getting ripped off by crooks who prey on seniors? Turns out a lot can happen. A lot can be done. A lot of good can be done. We have close to 4,000 staffers from our member credit unions that have become certified in the program. Wow. Now, how, how many credit unions are involved in this and how many states? In, in, in our, so we're talking, we, we're involved in the four states, right? From uh, uh, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Delaware. And we're just under 200 member credit unions in those four states. So out of that, we, like I say, we have uh, just close to right now uh, 4,000 that have, that have become certified and uh, can, there are credit unions that continue to have their people go through this program and become certified. Elder fraud is a $700 million a year scam according to FBI calculations. Last year it victimized around 2 million seniors. As a nation we're getting older that means there's a heck of a lot more victims created every year potentially statistically. The scams are predictable. Quote, your grandson has been arrested. He's in jail in Memphis. You need to bail him out. It's dangerous in that jail. Please, you got to help him. Send $5,000 in gift cards and we can get him out. Now, your nephew is not in jail in Memphis, but the crook knows your nephew's name. He's collected that probably from the internet. It's tough. It's very tough. You get that call in the middle of the night. What do you do? What do you do? There are variations to that scam, but it usually is the same basic drill. A relative is in deep trouble, and the senior can be the hero. Who doesn't want to be the hero? Even if that means liquidating an emergency fund. Who doesn't want to be the hero? It's horrible, horrible. But now credit unions are entering this scene. That's a good thing. That's why I'm welcoming you to this edition of the CU 2.0 podcast. This is your host, Robert McGarvey. Somewhat different from other podcasts we've done, but today's guest is Walt Lasko, Senior Vice President, Strategic Communications at the Cooperative Credit Union Association, a multi-state league covering Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Delaware. You know, leagues usually spend the bulk of their effort lobbying. That's the essence of league business, right? But CCUA is putting a lot of energy into fighting elder fraud and helping credit unions to do likewise. It's also very, very good PR for credit unions, says Lasko's. That's not why CCUA does it, but the side benefit is real. Listen up as he talks about what CCUA is doing, with whom, and what the community re- reaction has been. Think very, very positive. Again, think very, very positive. This is an upbeat podcast with real action items for you. So let's talk. You know what intrigued me in your email is you said... Uh, in your current position, you're now involved in try, trying to deal with senior financial fraud. Yep. Yeah. So me, t- tell me about how how this came about. Yeah, let me give you some background on on the whole thing of how it all started off. Basically, uh, I want to say not last year, it was the year before. So let's see, we're 19, 18, so it's 2017. The board basically here at CCUA mandated that uh, we do a survey on about elder financial exploitation, uh, you know, to see what, how, what kind of impact these like phone scams and fraud schemes are, are having on, on the elderly. And when, you know, when the information came back from that national survey, 
they, they realized that, wow, it's, it, it's, it was really out of control. Uh, so basically what they said to do is let's partner with, uh, it's, it's a Washington DC firm called Everfi. They do a lot of uh, online training programs in the state of Rhode Island. The state uses uh, its high schools. So we partnered with them and, and we came up with an online platform that are, is called CU Senior Safeguard. And they wound up creating two versions of it. One was in-house for our member credit unions to use so that they could educate their staff uh, about elder financial exploitation, how to recognize the signs, um, and what to do in response. Uh, and those that went through the program became certified. We, we were able to comply with the Senior Safe Act of 2016. And basically, uh, that act uh, basically provides legal cover for financial services employees to respond to uh, signs of, of abuse. Because, you know, a lot of this stuff is confidential. But because of the Senior Safe Act, there is uh, the disclosure that, that it's made in good faith, and as long as the employee has training and uh, is, is, done this, is making this um, communication and reasonable care protected, so to now, speak. Who, who is the employee dis disclosing to? Well, no, disclosing to the proper authorities. And like, for, for example. Oh, all right, all right. So they're contacting law enforcement. So, say. for example, in the state of New Hampshire, it's, it is against the law if you work in a bank or a credit union and you see that this is obviously financial exploitation going on here, you know, you need to report it. You need to report it like to social services, then gets the, uh, you know, police department involved. It's analogous to when a uh, school teacher feels that a child is being abused, that the, the school teacher has a, a legal obligation in many states, possibly nationally, yep, to exactly. report it. Not, not to intervene, but to just report it to the proper authorities. That's, co that's correct. And then, and then the proper authorities take over from there and go into it. Because we were able to do that and provide that kind of training, it then it uh, protected you know, those that went through it. The certification was there. And I would say to date right now, Bob, we have, we have close to 4,000 staffers from our member credit unions that have become certified in the program. Wow. Now, how, how many credit unions are involved in this and how many states? In, in, in our, so we're talking, we, we're involved in the four states, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Delaware. And we're just under 200 member credit unions in those four states. Can, there are credit unions that continue to have their people go through this program and become certified. Now, in addition to the internal version, the board also endorsed that we move and create an external facing version, one for elders, uh, one for their caregivers, one for their family members, that they too could become educated about elder financial exploitation, the signs of these scams and, and frauds and all that. And we put that on our external facing uh, website that's geared specifically for consumers. And that website is bettervaluesbetterbanking.com. Prior to uh, getting involved with senior exploitation, the Better Values, Better Banking campaign, which is a part of our consumer advocacy efforts, uh, really focused on creating greater awareness of what credit unions are, what we're about, what we do, uh, how we differ in the community, 
know, from other uh, financial services providers. But for the last year to two years now, Better Values, Better Banking campaign has been focused on creating awareness, greater awareness of elder financial exploitation, the growing alarm that it is. I was just yesterday in Florence, Massachusetts. There was a lunch and learn that uh, we held that was really spearheaded by Polish National Credit Union and Franklin First Federal Credit Union. Uh, and this was at the, uh, the VFW in Florence. So I was geared more toward veterans. Um, and there was a detective there from uh, the Northampton uh, Police Department. And, you know, and he was talking about uh, you know, a recent case that they had of an you know, a, a elderly woman you who know, had a tough time speaking English. Uh, but basically, you know, they found out and learned that she was uh, FedExing like it was like over $5,000 to some address in Pennsylvania because she got a call that her grandson was in jail. And needed right. To be, but in this particular case, God bless him, he was able to get a hold of FedEx and they stopped the delivery so that he was able to get that money back for that senior. 9.9 times out of 10. You know, when the money's gone, it's gone. You don't get it back. You don't, you can't recover it. I mean, so much of this is based overseas, the whole bit. It, it's horrendous. But, you know, Bob, the thing here is that here's what we're trying to do. One of the reporters at a radio station out in Berkshire has recorded the scam that, that went on with him because he was called. And, of course, he thought, I'm going to record this. So he did. And we have that out on our website, bettervaluesbetterbanking.com. But basically... You know, it, it comes down to, you know, they, they want you to go to the credit union or your bank, uh, withdraw your money. Here's what to say. Don't talk to anybody, but it's, it's going to be, you know, you have some medical bills they need to take care of or you want to do some renovation at the house, that sort of thing. So that's why the $5,000 kind of thing. And then you go and buy these gift cards and then you come back and call me again and then read off the numbers on the gift cards and, you know, we get the money. It's now it's, it's delivered. Part of the thing, obviously, is the way community banks, the bankers, the credit unions. I mean, credit unions aren't the only ones that are, are training their staff uh, in this line. You know, there, there's a lot of uh, other financial institutions doing the same thing, you know, and I congratulate them all on doing that. But the thing that we're looking to do now is have this spill over into the public sector with other corporations. You know, and I'm currently engaged in trying to see how we can make that happen with some of the, uh, you know, the companies that are headquartered here in New England. Because if we could get one or two to kind of follow the example of the credit unions and the banks in training their frontline staff, then perhaps, you know, when someone comes into a Walmart or a Home Depot or a CVS or one of these places that sells these gift cards, you, they see somebody that's elderly and, and all of a sudden they're buying like, you know, $500 of gift cards. Um, maybe they can engage them in a conversation and try and, and get them to basically say that, you know, they got, they have to send money because somebody has a problem uh, and at least be able to, to, to uh, thwart that stream of revenue that's going back to the scammers. And the other thing is that I find that I, I being that I've been doing this now in the four states, I found myself uh, now on uh, participating in several work groups. I'm, I'm working one with the city of Boston. Uh, I'm in another with the uh, Massachusetts Attorney General's Office. I'm also with one with the, with the Attorney General's Office up in New Hampshire. So I'm, I'm really getting a firsthand education, um, not just from the people that, uh, that, that go 
after the uh, you know the perpetrators, uh, but also from ex being exposed to other you know social service agencies, caregivers, uh, other bankers, people that are you know experiencing this on a first come basis, and you know it is it's truly alarming when you see the extent how this is playing out and the amount of people that are that are falling for these scams because they are playing on your emotions and they call a senior they they you know it's hurry up fast you have to do this fast your son's in prison you know he's he's, he's going to jail uh he was in a car accident and the woman that he hit she's pregnant they could lose the child the child dies you know, uh, then it becomes more complicated. So we need to get them out now. The seniors don't even have time to think. You know, it's it just god awful. I, th I think that it's wonderful that credit unions are engaged in this as we are because it holds true to our DNA of what, we were, what we're about, what we stand for, about our involvement in the community in terms of education, uh, in terms of caring for our members, in our efforts that to, you know, the more that we can make the community better, you know, the better it is for all of us and the better it is for the credit union too. So it, it speaks of our, of our own values and principles. So I'm, I'm delighted to see that this thing has really caught fire. A lot of our members are taking this up on their own. Basically, I was going out uh, to senior centers and orchestrating, uh, you know, a lunch and learn where we, create, we bring a panel together uh, that represents, uh, you know, the mayor, uh, the police chief, county district attorney, you know, someone from social services. I, I've uh, developed a relationship with the director of AARP in Massachusetts. So now we're partnering on a lot of these things. The website that we have on our bettervaluesbetterbanking.org page that, that talks about CU Senior Safeguard and these, these trends, I have a number of links and stories uh, that are tied to a variety of sources from the CFPB to AARP to uh, the district attorneys. What we're finding is that uh, consumers are really impressed by the fact that uh, the community is coming together and that credit unions are working with law enforcement and with the lawmakers and with other caregivers. And we're all holding hands and trying to come up with ways to educate consumers about scams and fraud and, and how to protect themselves. And, and, and they're really impressed by that. This oh. is a bit of a departure from what leagues have traditionally done though, isn't it? And essentially, they're lobbying organizations. Right. The thing is, obviously, we do that. And uh, I have to say that I for formed some very good relationships with you know, a lot of the lawmakers uh, on this, and they're aware of it as well. It's oh, I, I think it's a good departure because it's going back to the history of credit unions. Credit unions were started to help protect and serve a population that needed some help and needed some service. Mm -hmm. Factory workers, for instance, 7,500 years ago. So the, the essence of a credit union is to reach out to these, these needy populations who, for the most part, the big banks don't want to serve. Mm -hmm. And these amounts are huge to a senior citizen in many cases, but pretty trivial to um, a money center bank. Five grand we're talking about? That's lunch money, man. <laughs> Correct, but but you look at you look at a senior, and for them, the fixed income and everything they're on. I mean, there are. But Bob, I've come across stories where you know they've lost to up to the tune of like seventy five thousand to. Whoa, whoa! We're talking some big money, and then what happens there? Then next thing you know, the uh, the senior becomes a ward of the state, and then taxpayers are paying for it. You know, for for that person there. So I mean, this this is a a cancer that's growing and I think it impacts all Americans. 
Well, um, a, a credit union is very well positioned to, to be a first responder on this too, because someone comes in with an essentially dormant account uh, and now suddenly they want to take out five grand. You just scan the, the account activity. They haven't taken out more than 50 bucks in the last five years. Yeah. Uh, so what the heck's going on? So it's just a casual conversational thing. It's, uh, geez, you know, this is a little unusual for you. Um, do you mind telling me what, what this is for you? You can have the money, but what, what, what's it for? Just curious. And, you know, and, that, and that's exactly how it plays because there are, you know, the credit unions have mechanisms in place with software, the whole bit, where it's exa exactly as you say, you know, th this is basically the money that, that's in the, in the savings account for the senior. And then suddenly you start seeing these withdrawals happening. And it's like, that's very unusual. Creates an opportunity now to, we need to talk to uh, the senior and find out what's going on. Exactly as you say, and you engage them in conversation, then you start finding out. You know, an, another aspect of this, Bob, is that uh, it's, it's really sad to say, you know, we talk about the phone scams that, that happen, the, uh, you know, the IRS calls, you're going to be arrested unless you send money. Uh, you, you have all that kind of activity that's going on in terms of scams. But the greater percentage of this occurs from a family member ripping off a grandparent or senior. No, I, I've written about that in the past, and I've also talked to law enforcement sources who tell me yeah. that and that's nine out of ten grandparents will not testify against the kids. That's right. See, and that's what's so sad too. So you get these people are ripping off their 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 own blood, uh, and then of course the senior will not testify. They don't want to see their grandson going to jail or something of that sort. I think it comes down to the to the fact that. We just cannot sit idly by and watch this stuff continue to grow and become worse and worse. So well, the, the, the family stuff, I think, is very hard to deal with. The third party stuff is much easier to deal with because if you can get the senior over the shame. It's, uh, well, you know what? But when I, when I go out and I, I've done this at a couple of these lunch and learns where, you know, you got the mayor there, you have police chief, the whole bit. I go, hey, which one of us here has not fallen for, you know, some kind of a fraud kind of thing like this you know you got how many times has somebody come up to us in our life like hey bud you know can you give me five bucks i haven't had uh, anything to eat today and all that you know and basically somebody's just going to take your five bucks and go and buy a bottle of booze and we feel sorry for them we we give them the money and look what happens i'll point out how many times you know to uh, to the seniors when i talk to them about this is that you know there's nothing to be embarrassed about we we all fall for this kind of stuff so the catch here, though, is if it happens, you come forward and you share your story so others could hear it. Because the more we generate that awareness, the more we hear from our peers that look what happened to me, look what happened to me, that kind of perks us up where we become a little bit more on, on, on the defensive. So we're not so quick to fall for something. You know, I mean, any, any little bit of this helps. Now, are you making these, these tools and, and the intellectual property you've developed available to other leagues? And we have. EverFi uh, you know, has, has the program in place. I want to say um, John Bertsakis uh, with the uh, Maryland DC League, they've bought into it and, and they are currently uh, doing something, a program that's, you know, they customize it you know, for their members and they're doing something very, very similar. So it is out there. You know, and I'm obviously, too, trying to get the word out 
uh, you know, to the other leagues uh, throughout the country and, and, to, and to other interested credit unions. I, I think part of, there, there's a couple aspects to this I think are really great. So, I mean, so far we've, we've touched upon, I think the, the number one golden benefit that comes from all this sort of value is of helping to protect seniors from falling victim to fraud. So, so that's out there, that, that's a given. This, this is a great way for credit unions to do that. Another benefit that comes from this uh, plays out from the standpoint of uh, it's in our DNA. As we were talking earlier, this is what credit unions should be doing. You know, we're educating the members, educating the community about you know, their savings and, and protecting their savings and uh, how to avoid these kind of financial scams and fraud. Uh, a, a third you know, opportunity here and value of, of doing a program like this is, and I've heard this recently, uh, Richard Goes from CUNA did a presentation to a lot of the lead communicators a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, and, and talked about when uh, the, uh, the whole thing with the bankers, you know, and the, uh, the not-for-profit status of credit unions and how they're always attacking us. And uh, the golden rule is, is that when you start pointing to what credit unions do when it comes to financial literacy and that kind of outreach in the community and something like this, the whole effort that we do about protecting seniors and senior exploitation uh, financially. It, it just puts it, the discussion is over with lawmakers. They're, they will continue to back credit unions and protect credit unions and their tax exempt status because of what we're doing. Credit unions take a lot of this for granted about doing financial literacy, about reaching out, protecting seniors. But in many respects, this is worth its weight in gold in protecting our tax exec exempt status when it comes to the lawmakers because we're going above and beyond in terms of educating uh, you know, consumers uh, and prote protecting them and, and their, their savings and their investments. And then a fourth, you know, I could go on and on, but a fourth one is the networking capabilities uh, that, that it's afforded to me, let's say, as an example, in the work I've been doing with this in the four states. Uh, I've been able to network closely. I mean, I'm, I'm down at Boston City Hall like every, every uh, couple of weeks for, for a meeting there uh, with a lot of folks throughout the city of Boston, uh, key individuals, um, with, with the attorney general's office and, and the programs that they're doing and my participation in that. It gives credit unions, opens the door for us to network more with the, you know, the district attorneys, create a deeper relationships with them, it enhances that. And, and from, I think from an advocacy standpoint, that's what it's about. It's about building, building those relationships and, and, and making them even deeper. Um, there's just, it's just one positive after another that I see comes from, uh, from particularly this type of topic and, and addressing this topic within the community. Any of your uh, big member credit unions involved in this? Oh, yeah. Hanscom is all the way to the tune of David Sprague, the CEO, uh, also has gone through the program online. Oh, wow. They're, they're, they're right in on this. As I, as I said, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of support. I think the, a lot of the credit unions see the value in it. Uh, and that's why I think when you look at the league efforts, or I should say CCUA, you know, we'll go out, uh, we'll, we'll talk to the credit unions in a certain area, we identify a senior center, we create one of these lunch and learns, and then we go in and uh, put a panel of experts together and you know, have the, have the uh, seniors there. Uh, the first one we did, as a matter of fact, was in, in partnership with the Lieutenant Governor in, in uh, Rhode Island, uh, Dan McKee. Um, he joined with the credit unions and the local officials, and we did it in Johnstown, 
um, back, I guess, two years ago now. But we do that. But now I'm finding that individual credit unions are taking it up on their own and going out and locking in a date at a local senior center. And they're bringing together a lot of the, uh, the local officials hosting it and i go out and and participate in their in their panel discussion as well that's the stuff that like polish national credit unions doing and uh franklin first federal credit unions doing so a lot of them are running on their own and i've I've gotten calls from some of our other members that are looking to do the same thing in their neighborhood as well obviously a great great pr opportunity for the local credit union uh to go out to do this because i mean think of it bob you know, who is going to say, no, I don't want to do anything to protect seniors from financial scam. When you bring up this topic, everyone's going to join with you and say, yes, we need to defend our seniors uh, and let's do whatever it takes. To it's, it's particularly good for credit unions, too, because the membership skews old. Mm-hmm. And this is it's it's a potentially a sweet spot for credit unions. And beyond that, pretty much no one likes a lobbyist. I, I'm not saying lobbyists. I've worked for a lobbying organization. I'm not a post-lobbying. But the general public generally thinks lobbyists are, they bribe people. I mean, it's silly, of course. But whereas a league that's involved in, in attempting to protect seniors, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. That, that's what I mean. This is like, you know, when we talk to, uh, we do a lot of radio interviews, uh, you know, in Boston, and New Hampshire, and Delaware, and Rhode Island. And it, it just it, it just rings positive all all across uh, you know uh, the footprint of our of our association. Before we go, the CU 2.0 podcast is looking for a few good sponsors to help us spread the word about the digital transformation of credit unions. You could be one of them. Contact Robert McGarvey for details at rjmcgarvey at gmail.com. First come, first served. Again, that's rjmcgarvey at gmail.com. The CU 2.0 Podcast.